All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans sponsored by Lion Bolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and feature titan for today's episode, I'm super excited about this one, all the way from San Antonio, Texas, none other than Abel Pacheco. Abel, it's an honor and a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. Man, thanks, Greg. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I look forward to it. I know you're, you've been crushing it for a very long time, show after show, week after week, day after day, my friend. And uh, I, I honor the hard work that you are putting in just to help others. So I appreciate you having me here as well, my friend. Gosh, hey, the, the, the feeling is mutual, Abel, and I'm just I'm honored to be able to share your story and who you are and what drives and motivates you to the highest of levels with the audience and really just them to get to know you as a man, a professional, and then really taking some top tier advice from one of the best and brightest. So uh, Abel, without further ado, uh, let's just dive into the series of questions really to kind of accomplish that. So the first one is just giving everybody a background. So who you are, where you're from, what got you into the business and, and what's led you up to where you are to today? Yeah, well, uh, my name is Abel Pacheco. So I am the president and principal of Five Talents Commercial Real Estate. Uh, we can dig into the name, but at a high level, uh, I am from San Antonio, Texas is where I live today. Married kids, couple, you know, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. We've been married for a number of years, waited till we had kids later in life. And uh, I originally from Corpus Christi, so I grew up near the beach, moved oh. to the Alamo City uh, when I went to college at UTSA and was grinding in tech for 13 years. I was a sales guy for 20. I yeah. sold cars and knives at Cutco. That for yeah. a good number of years, I sold furniture and cell phones and all kinds of stuff. And then it landed me wow. in tech sales. And the one thing that I realized over and over and over again was in a sales gig, I was 100% commission uh, for all through college. That's what paid my way through school. And while I was decent at it, I, I realized later, even in tech, when 50% of my, my earnings was up for debate at, for a commission, I realized that if I stopped working, then money would stop coming in. So we had to figure that part out and basically led me to real estate investing since 08. So it's been almost 13, 14 years. You know, next year we'll be investing in real estate. And what, it, what me and my wife decided early on was to uh, take all of our hard work, all of our earnings, every dollar we had extra try not to live crazy extravagant and just invest in real estate. And that's what we did. And it wow. has paled, paid off. Now I am, uh, we, we spent 10 years in single family. So I completely mm. understand everyone that's in the single family space. Happy to mm. help give my insight there too. Uh, yeah, transition yeah. from eight doors, took us 10 years to buy eight houses. Wow. And we transitioned in under three from eight to 800. So now we're a general partner and principal at about 800 doors. We've done 13 um, commercial syndications. So we pull together resources, money, time, effort, energy with a bunch of investors on each deal. And we buy something bigger than I would have been able to buy on my own. And we partner together and just, 
you know, get a, get a lot of real estate on. So we're invested in about a hundred million dollars worth of uh, commercial real estate today. I don't own all of it. I own a, a small piece of, of it, but my money rides in, in these bigger deals and man, I'm excited for it. So anyways, that's a little bit about me. Abel, absolutely incredible. And, and again, I, I love the, the, the path that you've kind of laid before us to follow along, which is kind of how you came up in the business and, you know, been in so many opportunities through sales and people and, and, and just conversation and understanding that that is crucially important to any business entrepreneur, whether it's real estate or not, is everything is about people and communication. I think leveraging that and taking that leap into, you know, really investing into real estate. Uh, that is always something that, you know, so many members of the audience that are, that are tuning in right now or after the fact, um, if you're listening, they're always wondering when's the right time or how do you do it? So Abel, if I could kind of rewind you back to that decision yeah. that yeah. you decided to go in and do that, what was it in your mind to say now's the right time or um, you know, what was going through your mind at that, I guess, anybody else who's in that same position, possibly? Okay, well, uh, I, I will answer that in one second. Huh? So okay. <laughs> ultimately, where I'm getting to, if, if you yeah. know me, you know, that I also have a four year old and a two year old at the house, like I said, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do one thing once. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> this is great. Everybody. So able we're live as always on science. Abel is talking uh, to, to one of his kids uh, so that this is awesome. Uh, and, and this is why it ends up being live. Go I ahead, Abel. It. I love it. Well, there's the live part, you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so, uh, you know, ultimately it was, uh, if I can summarize, man, it was, it was that mindset of, of rich dad, poor dad. It was mm. a book that I'm sure a ton of your previous guests have mentioned. I know a bunch yeah. of people have mentioned it on our podcast as well. And, sure. um, you know, that Kiyosaki co-authored by Sharon Lecter and mm. that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is outstanding. It was the, mm -hmm. it was the ultimate mindset that led me to, uh, if you don't figure out a way to, to make your money work for you, you're going to work mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And I, I think Buffett says it the same as if you don't mm -hmm. find a way to make money while you sleep, you are going to work till you die. And, wow. you know, my, my parents uh, still working today, both of them, you know, they're, yeah. they're hardworking. They uh, taught me a lot of lessons on presser, uh, perseverance, determination, hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, they led a, a, amazing lives uh, and, they helped our family live an amazing life. Today, they're still working. So they're probably in their 70s. And wow. both of them are still grinding it out. And, you know, God bless them. They instilled a lot of the things. But one thing our family never really got was the ability to create wealth and make some more money. And that's, that's kind of what it was. So now we're, we're transitioning to do that. So I, oh, and. No. You're going to have to hold on for one, one more good. second. Hold on. You're good. I'm going to recap it. Uh, you know, it, what's really important for everybody to know that Abel had mentioned is to me, there's so many opportunities into real estate and, you know, so many people think about, you know, when's the right time? What should I do? What's going on? I, I don't have that time frame or money. And, you know, there's so many different ways and opportunities to grow your wealth. And I think that fundamentally, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the stronger ways to go about it. I love the fact that Abel mentioned rich dad, poor dad and Robert Kiyosaki, because 
that has come up multiple times and it is a mindset. And, and to Abel's point, I think that the process was, and I might've heard it incorrectly through Robert's, uh, you know, thought process, but Abel, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was something along the lines of, um, if you can't walk away from your business for a certain extended period of time, and it's still not running, you know, without you physically being there, then you're, you don't really own a business. You're yeah, just you're an employee. A you can be a business owner, you're self-employed, mm-hmm. but you've got a, you're ultimately, you've got yourself a job. You own yeah. the job, <laughs> but yeah, if you don't, it. if you don't have that system that runs on its own, then, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a enterprise where you can step away from and have your time freedom. You know, you, you can create a job for yourself, but that's mm-hmm. the thing is, do we want to really create a job for ourselves or do we want to create a, a system that runs on its own and you're leveraging other people's time, other people's money, some cases, other people's knowledge and resources. And, and, uh, ultimately that's, uh, was a, was a big spark. It was like, man, I, I understand that. I understand I'm trying to change it up. Right. And, and I love the fact that what you're mentioning able to, is it took you time. You said, you know, eight doors in 10 years and, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but you made that conscious effort and then really putting yourself in front of the right people in right places and, and combining knowledge, combining wealth and taking a, a piece of that, I think is brilliant. So would you mind sharing a little bit of that? So you, you, you're at the point where, you know, l- l- going to that party life, you, you have several doors of your own. When did you start partnering with others on larger projects and what, what mm-hmm. did that look like for anybody who's watching? Yeah. So the, uh, the first move that we made was to passively invest in mm-hmm. someone else's deal. Okay. Uh, we, myself and my wife, we're the partners mm-hmm. and we were buying the doors together and right. we were saving up 25, 35 K, maybe a little bit more in Texas, we could buy 125, $130,000 house. And this is 2008, yeah. 2009, a nice house too, three bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we would put our money down and at first I got away with 5%. Then mm-hmm. the bank started making us have 10%. And then after we had three or four houses, they started making us put 20% down and have wow. six months of reserves on all of the properties. So if you don't know where reserves are, just take all of your rental properties times your mortgage and multiply that by six months. And they wanted you to have that in your bank account in addition to the 20% down on the new property. So ultimately I was trying to save 25, 35 grand and have enough for reserves across to buy the next house. And I came to that point where I was like, I I can't even afford deal number nine. I don't, I don't know how people do this. And you know, I hadn't learned about hard money lending. I hadn't learned about raising private capital. I hadn't learned about wholesaling or assignments or any of the investor words that some of you or probably many of your listeners know. I was just like buying a house. I, was, <laughs> I don't know. That's the, what I thought. And, and really, um, the mindset was my first, uh, one of my good buddies, the first deals that I was in, he goes, well, you know what, Abel? I, I got up to 50 houses a year. And, and my mind was blown. I was like, oh. 50 houses in the last year. He goes, yeah, we bought and sold 50 houses. Hmm. And, and I asked him how he did it. And I, wanted, and I told him, I want to do it. I want to do exactly what you're doing. I figure it out. And he goes, really? I would fast forward to commercial real estate. I would skip wow. 50 or 100. And I would just go straight to, to commercial. And hmm. of course, I, you know, I didn't believe him. 
So I, I paid $20,000. I joined a rich dad uh, Kiyosaki program, elite, uh, elite legacy real estate. I dropped 20K um, in a, off a weekend package. And I learned how to wholesale, assign off-market properties, uh, was, was decent at it. In one year, we did 10 deals. So okay. it, it took me the, the 10, 10 years to buy eight. And then after education, which is I'm such a, a proponent of it, pay for yeah, it, yeah. mentorship, however you get it, just get it. And mm-hmm. I, we implemented it and we did 10 deals that next year. Wow. And I go, Huge. okay, this is how they do it. But I realized I had created a job, another mm-hmm. job that was actually lower paying than I was making in the tech world. Uh, wow. Cause I was a senior exec and, and kind of senior director kind of thing. So I was like, I was stuck. I go, well, I, mm-hmm. I could do another 20, 30 hours a week. And create a system where I buy 10 houses and make less than I would have made at a tech. It's a side gig. Is that what I'm going to do? Work 70 hours a week now, 40 wow. at work and then 30 over there. So <laughs> that's where my buddy goes, dude, dude, you're doing it wrong. You need to, I told you fast forward and don't do any more single, fa- single family houses. You make good money. You're working a 15 hour job, laying tile, painting, you know, trying to do that stuff in, in, in single family put 50K into a 124 unit multifamily, you know, a seven, six, $7 million deal. And your wow. money will double in five years and you'll be passive and you don't have to do any work. I already found the deal. It's already here. So that was the first transition. And I was one of like 30 partners or 40 partners Unreal. and the light bulbs are going off and, you know, we, we did it again. I went from a self, I went from, I left my tech job, from one to another. Mm-hmm. So my 401k got freed up. I yep. moved that to a self-directed IRA. And then mm-hmm. we did it again. I, you know, we were in a 282 unit apartment complex. And then my, my wife had our little one four years ago. Mm-hmm. So she left wow. work and her 401k came, came freed up. And we did the same thing, moved as a self-directed IRA, invested mm-hmm. passively. And that was really, that was my entry. It was like, wow, we were in 400 doors as passive limited partners. And you know, I just signed some paperwork and that's kind of how we did it. <laughs> so. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I love that though, Abel, because again, you're going down that rabbit hole further just so everybody kind of has an idea because there, there's so many moving parts and there's there's so many self roadblocks that are out there and not to say that it's, it, it's not difficult and it's not to say that it doesn't take a lot of continuous hard work and being in the right place and the right people. But ultimately, if you're doing the right things, and the, the path is laid before you through success. Anybody that's on here listening or watching with us live, everything that Abel has done and then past that has been done by someone before and, mm-hmm. and will be done again by someone after. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're reinventing the wheel. It's just no you're way. following the, the steps. You're learning from great people and, and, and in turn kind of picking it up to that next generation and keep moving forward. So Abel, from that point on, um, you know, that was, gosh, that was four years ago. So up until today, uh, how are things looking? What, what, what's kind of behind uh, the scenes that way? And, and what are the next big things uh, coming in your world? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll answer that. And I'll, and I'll comment on what you said, too, because yeah. exactly what you said, Greg, man, it's um, I am if you know me well enough, and you're and you've been in my world for a number of years, which a lot of my close friends are, you know, I'm not like the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not the <laughs> highest uh, caliber 
you know, analyst or financial guy, or mm. I'm, I, I don't know how to fix a toilet. I don't, I don't know how to lay tile. I don't know how to fix. I, I'm not a construction guy. I'm not, um, you know, it's just, I'm not it's super high. Yeah. I don't know. It, I'm a normal everyday average dude. I promise. Mm. <laughs> and I happen to follow what other successful people are doing. And I found that all my highest successes in, in, in the professional space, we went from $6 million a year to 52 freaking million dollars a year because I followed what other people were already successful. I followed what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was at Cutco sales knives, I sold Cutco in home presentations. They had this big program and they were like, if you read off this manual, and show enough people, people will buy knives from you. And I was like, college kid. I was like, okay. And I'm a yeah. branch manager, district manager, setting all these records and having 60 person sales teams when I was in, I don't know, my 20s. Wow. I, we applied the same thing that other people have already done. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Kiyosaki. I paid for that mm-hmm. education. They said, this is what I did to get here. And like, like blindly, I just said, okay, cool. That's what it yeah. takes. Let me just go do that. And that led me to the next step, which led me to the next. And, and now uh, when you ask me, hey, well, what's the next thing? Like, I, I just happened to join programs now with okay. a different network and a different circle of people. And I'm doing the same thing, which is, oh, you raised $60 million of investor capital in the last several years to buy hundreds and millions of dollars of real estate. Uh, and this is what you did. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna blindly follow. If you're telling me this is what you did, I'm gonna try to apply that same stuff. And that's that's literally what we're doing today. We're um, following other people that are smarter than us, that have done more than <laughs> us, that have already completed more than us. And I'm replicating some of the things that they they do. And you know, I, hmm. I'm I'm my obviously myself. I. I don't want to try to be like them or emulate them or their personality is not what I'm talking about. It's the action steps that they took is uh, go look at, you know, find properties and find investors as the highest level. That's an 80, 20 of what I do uh, today is we try to find more properties, analyze Mm -hmm. them and underwrite them and see if they work as good investment opportunities. And then, we do is try to find more investors that want to invest in our deals. And if we can find more opportunities, more real estate and more investors, then we just, we put everyone together. We're playing matchmaker in between. And what we do is that that's our sweat equity. Now it's, Hmm. it's not necessarily trying to figure out how to redesign or remodel or rehab a single family house. It's how do I pull together a good deal and, and and a bunch of investors and then Hmm. go make that happen. And, uh, that's that's what we're doing today. So I I foresee more of that in the future. Uh, where you know, where uh, let me let me pause. But there's a lot yeah. here. I have, I have yeah. more. Of that. Pause. <laughs> no, but but Abel, I th- I think that's fantastic. When you talk about the the properties specifically, and and you're looking at it from the investor standpoint, that that's a that's a question that so many people are thinking to themselves. But I I, I will get back to that. But I do want to give. Uh, the audience, just a quick shout out to, you know, your podcast, you have an incredible mm-hmm. podcast as well. And, you know, the Titan nation is always looking to learn from the greats and have conversations to understand. So I guess I would like to know where the name of your commercial group came from 
And then if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your podcast, I'd really appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, Thanks for giving me the opportunity as well, man. I think that's great. Uh, So 5T is five talents. Hmm. And it really came from the parable of the five talents. And Hmm. if you, whether, you you know, you're Christian faith or not, I'm, I am, but Matthew 25 for 14 and 30 is the parable of the five talents. And I think it resonates regardless of what religion you are is really mm-hmm. that my mindset and mantra is to be a good steward for people's capital. Mm-hmm. I want, I need to be a good steward of people's, you know, capital because I, I am, we're taking millions and millions of dollars and investing it into more, even more millions of dollars. We're taking risk. Right. right. And uh, that parable, if you don't know it, it's essentially a, a, a landowner, presumably a ton of land, He's leaving for some unknown period of time, but it's a long time. And he's putting people in charge and is his servants, as they say. And he, uh-huh. there's three servants. He gives them some money. He calls them talents. Back then, they were about $10,000 per talent. So wow. one, he gives one talent. The second servant, he gives two talents. And the third servant, he gives five talents. 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand. And says, hey, I'm going to be gone. I need you to take care of the place. He comes back and he takes account. And he goes to the, the servant with five and he goes, well, how, you know, how's it going? And wh- what happened? And he goes, well, master, I took your five talents and I made it uh, 10. I doubled. And he goes, hey, wow. well done, my good and faithful servant. He goes to the next servant, the one he gave two talents to. And he goes, you know, he takes account. What, how'd it go? Well, my master, I took two talents and I made it four. <laughs> I doubled those for you. And he goes, well done, my good and faithful servant. But to the last servant, he, when he takes account, the servant goes, I didn't want to lose your money. So what I did was I buried it. I buried it in the ground. Here's your one talent back. Are you ha- I didn't lose it. Are you happy? And he goes, no. He goes, you wicked. He called him a wicked and lazy. He goes, you wow. knew that you could have at least taken my money to the money lender. They would have given me interest on that. You could have at least done that, but you didn't. So he took the $10,000 away from that servant and gave it to the one who made 10. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, that parable is like, you've got God-given talents mm-hmm. and figuratively and literally money, time, resources, education, mindset, whatever, whatever resources you have. And if you don't put them to work, you're just going to, you're burying them in the ground. And it's like, wow. man, it's time to get after it. So for me, I take that figuratively and literally. There's some talents that God gave me. I need to go make it happen. And then for our investors, I, I'm, I'm going to go put that money to work. We're going to go uh, not only give it to the money lender for 2% on the CD or 1%, whatever they give right now, but we're going to go you know, make that, that, that money multiply and we want wow. it to double and we want our seed to get bigger so we'll have more to invest. And so we're, we put it to work. So that's essentially five talents uh, where, where that came from. Love it. Love that name. And, and again, that, that's the, mentioning that story is just, I, I was literally imagining that, that exact opportunity or lack thereof to, towards the, the third individual. And, uh, I just think that it shows huge processes of who you are and your character as a man and a professional. And I, I sensed it, hopefully everybody else did, but the level of humility that came out of Abel and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm nothing special. I'm just like everybody else. I'm an average guy. Da, da, da. But what I would say to you, Abel, at least through, through our interaction through, through this podcast right now, and hopefully everybody's feeling it is you, you might say these things about yourself and, and, 
you know, that we're all kind of created equal that way. And that there's nothing um, that's true special, but something that I drew out and hopefully everybody else did from you is you were consistent and you were hardworking and, and you know, it, what happened in your life thus far didn't just happen for nothing. And, um, I love that attitude and, and, and mentality for everybody else to take away is, look, you don't have to be the best and brightest or the sharpest tool, um, you know, the brightest light, but you just want to put the work in, learn from others, and you'll see successes if you're doing it the right way and you're giving it enough time. And, and the adage that I always look at is, you know, if you're planting a seed in rich soil and you're giving it water and light and you're waiting and you think, oh gosh, it's not a tree yet. So let me rip that, let me rip that seed out and plant it somewhere else. You just didn't give it enough time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and so many people do that in their life, but you're, you're a living, breathing example, Abel. And that's why just honor to have you on Titans that, that way so far. Okay. So I just, I had to say that I had to get that out. brother. No, this is great stuff, but, but okay. So let's get to the podcast. So, so we got the, the five talents commercial. So how yep. did the podcast come about and what, what, what is that about for the audience to kind of learn from yeah. and, and go to mass so something, you know, cause you've been doing it every single day. Uh, it, 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 it's about getting your message out there. So the five talents, commercial real estate podcast, we interview a lot of multifamily syndicators, commercial, uh, commercial real estate investors, other people that are, have done hundreds of millions of dollars of commercial real estate. And, and I just asked them how they did it. And mm-hmm. for me, it, it started with, I wanted exposure. Mm-hmm. I'm raising capital and what better way just to get my face and name out there, but to start a podcast and it happened to be during a COVID year. So mm-hmm. normally I was networking. I'd go to every event uh, leading oh, up to cool. my really uh, getting out there as a general partner in, in multifamily. Mm-hmm. I attended probably 12 or 13 commercial real estate events every weekend while I was working full time and I'd fly for the weekend. And my wife was like, well, this is the time to go do it. She was, she was pregnant at the time. She goes, once the kids here, you're going to have no time. You better do it right now. So that's (laughs) what our education was going out, education, networking events. And then all of a sudden baby came, COVID came and we're like, Oh, I I don't, I don't know how to do what, what we were doing. So for the past couple of years, that's how we were meeting new partners. And so it transitioned over there, but, uh, there's, there's a, there's something I heard last year that just, you know, that was the spark, the, it fueled the the fire. And we've heard the old adage that people work with or buy from, or, you know, partner with people that they know, like, and trust. Right. Mm -hmm. So the question that was posed to me was, well, what do you think is most important? that they know you, like you, and trust you. And I had heard that and, and, you know, helped big fortune, whatever company, fortune 500 companies, 100 companies, uh, obtain hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tech resources at, at my old tech company. And, you know, we've landed these really big deals. I had prided myself on, they, tr- they trust me. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I can't control whether they like me because I'm just going to be who I am and is who I am. All right. But I can try to control the trust. And I thought that was the mm-hmm. most important thing. So I would try to learn all my stuff, make sure I was super knowledgeable. And I still try to do that today. But yeah, I yeah. never really thought about this no, uh, the no like and trust. It's a tripod and they all sit on, you know, uh, it's what allows the stool to stand. So 
somebody posts that and I go, well, trust, they got to trust you. Otherwise, you know, they never like you. And they go, well, if they don't know you, how are they ever going to like or trust you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, probably right. If they don't know you, they're mm-hmm. never going to be able to even like or trust. They didn't even know you're there, man. So that was, it, it all kind of came together. And, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody like yourself that, that knows it, that helps people get their message out and their story out and you provide amazing services and you're providing expertise and, and skill like that, that's just, it, it's a immeasurable, has an immeasurable impact. Uh, one of the greatest returns for me is, is just getting some exposure, putting in that rep and as the same thing, put in the reps, you know, do the work every day, talk to and network a bunch of people. And, and actually I hated being in front of a camera. Up until Get about, out. Yeah. I would cheese up uh, in, in <laughs> fight and they never got me on a good commercial at, at work. I, I could deliver in front of a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, a big boardroom. I could yeah. deliver a sales presentation. I was decent in front of a group of 60, 70, the biggest audience I, I delivered to is probably in about 500 people when we won some yeah. awards. And the, when the lights, camera, action came out, I was like, uh, the, 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 <laughs> no. like I, I got something out and I couldn't get anything out. They never used me in the commercials. And uh, it's just, it's just put it in wraps. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's just the same as in front of a boardroom or anybody else now. So it's cool. Well, it was interesting. So I don't get that feeling at all. And I know that anybody's watching or listening to this, you're supernatural. You come across as just, you're literally doing this every day. And putting the reps in, I think is crucially important. But what I love about what you said is that through the getting to know, like, and trust and the the legs of the tripod or the stool, as you mentioned, it's so interesting because what is it, the chicken or the egg, right? So what comes first? And and, and truthfully, I, I would agree with you right off the bat to say, well, gosh, they, they've got to trust. People don't work with anybody that they don't trust. And, and whether it's a financial standpoint or anything just as simple as you know, mowing somebody's lawn. If, you, if you're in a lawn service, right? I mean, they got to trust you that you don't want to mess up their lawn or anything that's going on all the way up to the biggest financial, you know, opportunity that they have in their life. So, but it's, I think it's a Grant Cardone quote, um, whether you love them or you don't like him, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's not the best business that wins, but the best known business. And and I think that at the end of the day, the best known business, if you're front and center, if you're top of mind with your target demographics and your markets, whatever product brand or service you have, at least you have a shot. At least they know or recognize you as that authority to say, look, if I'm looking at two different mattresses and I keep hearing this one mattress company over and over and over again, gosh, they must be good. Or at least it's in my thought process to consider when I'm going to buy a mattress, as opposed to there could be the best mattress company in the world, the most you know comfortable and long lasting and supportive. But if I've never heard of them, I don't even know where to go to get them. So I think that there is that fine mix. People have got to see who you are, but they've got to get to know, like, and trust you. I, and I believe that all three of those are very important. I, I don't think it works well without all three combined. Um, you know, so I, I just love the fact that you're mentioning this able, because once again, you, you are living it. You're physically out there. This is pre COVID, you know, you're out there every day and you're doing it and you're meeting with people and you're networking. It's a people business and it's get to know, like, and trust each other and do transactions together, but you didn't let COVID or any kind of life, uh, circumstance slow that down. You just reposition and you say, hey, you know what? Now's the time to start a podcast and, and look at what you do. You're still touching people and making connections and touching lives. 
But more importantly than that, not only is it great exposure for you and for, you know, the, the person who's on your show, but it's a great way for others to learn. And I think that that's above and beyond our own, um, our own needs, right? This is to say, Hey, you know, I'm very fortunate to have you on today, Abel, because anybody who's listening with us now or after the fact, if you're listening a year or two years down the road and you're lucky enough to hear Abel's episode, th- this is a man who's living it and breathing it. And it's a really good example of what we should be doing. And, and Abel, that, that brings me to kind of the, the next thought process and to hear uh, before, before I dive into it, though, what's the best way for everybody to subscribe and tune into your podcast? Cause I really want to make sure that that makes it into the show notes um, for yeah. everybody to tune into. So what's the best way, wh- what days of the week or, you know, time of the month, how the frequency, that sort of thing for your show, for people to tune into. Yeah, we'll do. Um, well, the, the name of the show is called five talents podcast. Love it. Uh, it's on all, all, most of the platforms. Apple mm-hmm. and Spotify and Google and yada, yada, yada. Uh, our website you will lead you there as well. 5tcre.com. And uh, that'll take you to our podcast shows. If you want to see some recordings, our YouTube mm-hmm. and all that good stuff is, is there. And, you know, we, we had put out probably like mm-hmm. five shows a week for the past year and a half. Wow. I'm finally slowing down a little bit. I'm finally slowing down. That is intense. Yeah, it was five a, little a week, Abel. That's wow. It was a little nutty, uh, but it was fun. We got to meet some amazing folks in a very short period of time, and uh, you know we're we're pushing out about two or three a week right now. So a little okay. different pace, but sure. there's a lot of education there if you're looking for mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out tax benefits, commercial real estate depreciation, accelerated depreciation, returns, uh, hear other people, hear how they did. Uh, it, it'll provide you uh, a good a good amount of knowledge. So happy to have you there. Please, if you do go there, like and comment and say, I heard you on Greg Fowler's show. I would be blessed. And, uh, be awesome. <laughs> Love that. Give, give Real Estate Titans a shout out on that one. That'd be awesome. Titans. See it, yeah. seeing Abel on there. But, but Abel, so, um, and again, I'm going to leave the links in the comments below. It'll be in the show notes as always, everybody. So you can access Abel, the website, the podcast, the social media platforms, everything. So I do want to ask you one more question, Abel. And this, this kind of goes into the, the secondary portion. If you could go back on your career thus far, and pick or choose one or two things that you implemented that you really saw growth and moving the needle. Now I'll, I'll preface this because you gave so much great advice already from, you know, really going straight to the source and educating yourself and surrounding yourself with people, partnering with others, going from residential to commercial. You've given so much knowledge already. I mean, I know this is just the tip of the iceberg, but maybe I guess whatever you want to talk about, but something that leaped out to me was finding the properties and then finding the investors. I mean, is there any thought to that or any advice that you might give? I mean, you can answer the question anyway, but sure, sure. I'm just curious. Yeah, let's. Uh, so I think this will probably help somebody trying to break into the world. Yeah. Um, we've heard that if you find a good deal, the money will come. And mm. I agree with that with a lot of caveats. Okay. And the, <laughs> okay. The, the, I, when we find a good deal, we have investors that come, mm. we raise like, well, I don't know, three to $5 million plus in a 60 wow. day period. Mm. After we send out some emails and some blasts and say, yep, there's a deal and money comes in the bank account. We go buy the deal. Wow. But 
that doesn't just happen because we found this a good deal. It's mm -hmm. really years now mm -hmm. of putting in a lot of reps, time, effort, and energy to find investors and then have a series of communications points, whether it's a you know daily podcast or a mm -hmm. monthly email or virtual meetups, in-person mm -hmm. meetups, webinars. We do all of that. Wow. And we just, you know, hit them all up with education mm -hmm. and uh, continuous opportunity creation for them as individuals, as investors, not just commercial real estate, but here's mm -hmm. some good education on investing, on finances, on, you know, a series of sort of uh, topics. So it's all of that takes a lot of time, mm -hmm. but you, you have to start. So a lot of people go, wow. well, I'm going to wait till I find this good deal before I try to find investors and it is another chicken and egg. And, and my thought process is you do both at the same time. You wow. just start now. You're hmm. probably not going to find a $10 million, hundred unit apartment complex tomorrow, just because you decide to look today. Wow. It's going to take a little while, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, right. but if you keep doing it and keep making offers and keep doing analysis, you'll find it eventually. <laughs> On the flip side, you're probably not going to have 30 to 40 investors that I'll put 50,000 to $75,000 in investment all in 60 day period to buy that deal. If you think that will happen tomorrow, you need to start today. So you're basically doing both at the same time. <laughs> and the easiest way to do this in, in my opinion is what I did. I leveraged someone else's track record and someone mm -hmm. else's experience. They were experts. I put my money with them. I was a passive investor. And yeah, all yeah. I essentially did was take my offering memorandum, my deal, mm -hmm. and I used that. And I told other people around me what I was doing as a passive mm -hmm. investor, a limited partner. And I, mm -hmm. I got to share with them my deal, the mechanics, <laughs> preferred returns, average return, accelerated depreciation, 100 units, how we forced value up, how we look for mm -hmm. below market rents, we put in the time, effort, and energy to rehab, how we want the rents to go from 700 to 850. And you know, when you do that, there's an NOI calculation, net operating income divided mm -hmm. by a cap rate, which produces extra value. You tell mm -hmm. them how the loans are non-recourse and you're getting 75% of LTV, which minimizes mm -hmm. everyone's uh, or maximizes leverage, but minimizes risk because non-recourse is something we don't get in single family. It's literally non-recourse. It means wow. the bank could take over the property and nobody owes the remainder of the dollar. So the risk almost feels lower. And <laughs> you explain how you can use an IRA or self-directed, you know, 401k converted over. You don't need cash. You can invest with the retirement funds. <laughs> and you do this and what happens is you're, I was, I don't know about you are, but I was super excited that I was investing right. in commercial real estate that I shared with other people. And along the way, people go, man, can you tell me when your next deal is? And, and I try to tell them, I, I don't have another, I don't have a deal that I was a passive investor. And they're like, yeah, I thought you were invested in this deal. And I go, okay, yeah, I am. They go, yeah. tell me when your next deal is. And I go, okay. I just started saying yes. So that was like that, mm. you know, the, the first investor base, if you mm. want to call it name wow. and a phone number in my, you know, phone 
with a little mm-hmm. mark it said multifamily and i knew hey they asked me to call them so i'd call them and then i later went to excel and created a list and then later went to crm and created a little mm-hmm. bit more knowledge and later i classified them credited non-accredited and then later it's like oh i'm i have five to seven new appointments on my calendar every week for new investors that tell me i'm credited and non-accredited do i want to invest 50 to 100 250k this year next year what's you know what are my goals and and then that's what we have coming in today Hmm. all the while you start talking to brokers and start looking at properties and start Hmm. analyzing and you do all those things at the same time and you know, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be three months from now. It, it, it mm-hmm. took me like nine months from the time that I invested passively till the time I was a general partner. And I think that's pretty quick in general. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know some people have been looking for a year and a half, two years and still haven't found it. And if I was in that boat, I would still be mm-hmm. looking and that would be on a later. I would say, Hey, it took us two and a half years to find my first deal, but I found it. Uh, it yeah. only took yeah. nine months. So I was blessed in that, but that's it. It's like you, you mm-hmm. look for deals. Look for investors and there's no shortcut. It's just, it's an everyday grind and that's what you do. And if you're working full time, well, there, there's Monday through Friday from uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever mm-hmm. period of time, two hours a, a night. You don't want to work on Friday, Saturday. Cool. You still got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, six <laughs> hours a week. How many, how many hours are going to take you? Uh, man, before I had my kids, I always had side hustles. Uh, I sold right. furniture. On Craigslist, I, I bought wa- actually in truth. I bought watches, I bought golf clubs, I bought furniture, wow. cars. I'd buy something on Craigslist, and I was working in the evenings, Monday through Friday, from like six to ten. And my wife will tell me, tell you, I'd show her a thousand cars. Like, what about this one? What about this? <laughs> like, I'm tired of you looking at cars. Just go buy it. And so I bought a bunch of cars and sold cars and. You know, it really was started at golf clubs and then we turned those around and then I made enough money to buy watches and I would do that. And we did furniture and then I did cars and we did 12, 15 cars or whatever. And all that extra wow. money, what I used to plant seeds in real estate because I wanted to get there faster. So yeah. uh, you just got to you just got to put in the work and the time. Uh, Abel, you're you're literally painting that picture of success and showing everybody that you know, once again, to our earlier note, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, but you, you, there's nothing escaping putting in the time and the work and the consistency and doing whatever it takes. And, and, and you have really good points, whether it's part-time or full-time and, and doing what's necessary to make things happen and being kind of relentless towards our goals. Um, you know, everybody who's on here, myself included, that has children, they really understand that it's, it's different it's another chapter and change of your life. And, and uh, you know, what, what's happened at least for me. And, and I don't know if this is true for you, Abel, but you know, when our daughter came around, it was something that I had to make sure that I was waking up earlier. I was staying up later. I was repositioning my time uh, and, and being a little bit more intentional because prior to having kids or other responsibilities and Hey, maybe if it's fur babies for anybody who's listening or watching, um, you know, anything that takes your time away from those action items, uh, it, it can be difficult, but there's, there's no excuses. I mean, ultimately we're all dealt the cards that were dealt and we have to adapt and, and really just put in the time. And, um, uh, you know, you can make excuses, but, uh, that's not going to embrace your life and where you want to go. And once again, you're just living proof able. I mean, 
<laughs> you wouldn't be the man you are today without everything you went through, positive and negative, and all the time and effort and everything that you put into it before and after. And you're still growing, you're still learning, you're still sharing and changing. And um, again, that's one of many reasons why I consider your real estate titan, my friend. So it's just it's just really great to have this conversation. I, I can't uh, I can't thank you enough, Abel. It's been great, yeah. man. You're welcome, man. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. I, I sincerely appreciate it. God bless you, your family, everything you're doing, your business, and uh, keep grinding, man. Yeah, love it, my friend. And, and I do need to dub this in. You are an official real estate titan, so no one can ever take that away. That's a badge of honor. Uh, that is yours for life. There, there's no uh, trophies or plaques, but yeah, it's in your heart, my friend. That's yours. That's yours forever. But uh, I, Abel, you're the best. Everybody out there, thank you as always as well for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like Hero Through and Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe. You know what to do at this point. I have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lion Bolt Media. If you are in the residential real estate business and you're looking to grow and scale your digital aspects of real estate, please visit lionboltmedia.com. They got a free mini course inside there. We're live every Tuesday afternoon with Real Estate Titans, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Abel. See ya. Thank you.